Welcome to the Canada's History Podcast. This is a special educator series where we speak with the finalists for the 2018 Governor General's History Award for Excellence in Teaching. Created in 1996, the award recognizes best practices in teaching Canadian history. It's an opportunity to highlight the important work that teachers and students are doing to research, interpret, and share the stories of the past. My name is Brooke Campbell, and today I'm speaking with Sarah McFarlane, an elementary school teacher at Lamarchant St. Thomas Elementary School in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Her students use the six historical thinking concepts to examine the history of African Nova Scotians and to learn about Africville. Students researched and produced historically accurate board games showcasing what Africville was like prior to 1960. Thanks for speaking with us today, Sarah, and congratulations on being named a finalist for this year's Governor General's History Award for Excellence in Teaching. Thank you. Well, before we start talking about your project, why don't you introduce yourself, your school, and the students that you teach? That would be great. Like you said, I'm Sarah McFarlane, and I'm a French immersion teacher in Halifax, Nova Scotia. As an elementary teacher, I have taught all grades from primary to sixth. Last year, I taught a combined one-two, and in September, I'll be teaching a straight grade two class. And what really inspired you to come up with this project? I became inspired uh, to create this project going back to 1989 when I first came to Halifax to go to the University of King's College, and I studied history and French, and I learned about the history of Africa. But jump ahead quite a few years to three years ago when I was teaching elementary school in the north end of Halifax. And I was trying to connect with my students. I found out about the African Nova Scotian history challenges of the Delmore Buddy Day Learning Institute. And I was excited about that because it was giving me an opportunity to connect culturally to my students, most of whom were descendants of families of Africville. So it started off with my grade four or five class. They researched, wrote, and produced an historically accurate bilingual video about the Viola Desmond, and they won top prize in the contest. So that got an entering. The next year, my class chose to enter the challenge about a black community in Nova Scotia, which is Africville. Until the late 1960s, Africville was a lively community in the north end of Halifax on the shores of the Bedford Basin. It was home to 400 residents who paid municipal taxes, yet never received the services such as electricity, running water, or snowplows. So once again, my class was successful in the provincial contest, and we were really getting excited by this point. What they did was they researched and produced an historically accurate interactive board game, and they based it on a book called The Children of Africville by Christine Weldon. At that school, which was St. Joseph's Alexander McKay, many of the students had personal connections to Africville, as I had said. And so this opportunity was very special because the lens that they looked through to see African Nova Scotian history was actually taking them into a deeper understanding of their personal history because they could see themselves in the lives of the children of Africville. So last year, I actually decided to make a big move to a new school so that I could teach other students in Halifax about the history of Africville. I found myself teaching young six and seven-year-olds, so we made a mapping game to meet their learning needs because they couldn't do the uh, literacy component of the board game. So today I'm proud to be known as the teacher who motivates her students to become historically literate about Africville through the Delmore Buddy Day Learning Challenges. It was really all about a contest that hooked the students. 
That's great. It's amazing how those kinds of things can really just draw students in. <laughs> yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about uh, these activities and the sources that the students use to explore the history of Africville? Sure. The number one activity and source <laughs> is combined in a field trip that I take every year with my students and their learning buddy class to Africville. So now that Africville no longer exists as a community, it is there's a historical uh, component to it. They recreated the CV United Baptist Church and made it a museum. So I take my students every year, and um, Linda Manley, who is featured in the Children of Africville book, and Bernice are there, and they walk my students through the museum and also answer every question my students might have. And it's a really safe environment, so my students feel safe to ask questions about social injustice and racial discrimination that normally they wouldn't feel as comfortable to ask. Um, Linda and Bernice were raised in Africville, and so they are able to give firsthand accounts of what it was like. Also, because their story is told in the Children of Africville book, we read that book in class. We have the map on the wall, and we're always referring to them to get a better understanding. When we're at Africville, I always take my students to a scavenger hunt that I created, so they learn the lay of the land of the community of Africville. It's a lot of fun. And um, the way it works is, once again, we read the children of Africville, and they have to answer questions based on the story to get clues to move along in the scavenger hunt. So they're fully always engaged in learning about the history of Africville, asking questions, and wanting to know more to build their knowledge in order to make the board games. And how did your students apply the historical thinking concepts through this project? My answer to this question actually is amazing to me because the little students, six and seven years old, did the exact same thing as the older students in grade four and five. They actually applied all of the historical thinking concepts. I didn't think they would in the first place because it's so detailed and rich. Primary source evidence is, like I just described, we actually went to Africville. We use the Children of Africville book as a resource, and we speak to former residents of Africville. We also use the map of Africville. Primary source evidence is very uh, important for them to feel connected to it, as opposed to um, other sources that we did use, which were just online. They were able to establish historical significance as well, because everything that happened to the residents of Africville is based on social injustice stemming from racial discrimination. And so they can make connections between that happening in Africville, based on the stories that they heard, and it happening in society today. Unfortunately, they're young to have to understand this, but they do. They can make connections there. They were also able to um, have historical perspective taking with the comparisons they made between life growing up in Africville and life growing up in Halifax today. Not only for the children, uh, St. Joseph Alexander McKay, many of whom had family that grew up in Africville and then were displaced and had to live in subsidized housing for the most part. Also, the children of the school that I currently teach at don't have a personal connection to growing up in Africville, but they can see when you visit Africville now that there's no picking blueberries, there's no fishing off the pier, there's no community events in the church week in and week out as, as they used to be when they were younger. With cause and consequence, it's, it's much of the same because they critically questioned the racially-based actions of the city of Halifax in the 1960s and 70s. The thing that's exciting about little kids is they're 
not afraid to ask the questions. They cannot understand why anyone would ever level a house or a church, especially in the middle of the night. So they're not afraid to ask those questions. And then they can parallel it to learning in school with victim and bully analogies, oppressor and oppressed analogies, and they can role play that to really get further understanding of the cause and consequence. With identifying continuity and change, continuity would mean that they never bulldozed down Africville. Yet that's not the case. It's very obvious that Africville was bulldozed down. So they can see very clearly um, through that lens that change occurred and that it was wrong and it was based on racial discrimination. And the final um, lens that they look through with the ethical dimension of history is really impactful here in Halifax because in 2010, former mayor of Halifax, Peter Kelly, actually took responsibility and delivered a formal apology to the people of Africville. And so I take that a step further. And I can see how my students are also taking responsibility by becoming historically literate about Africville. They're so proud to share their games, to educate their peers about the history of Africville, because they want others to share in their knowledge about racial discrimination of the past so it does not continue. Wow, that's fantastic. You can really see how all six concepts are so interwoven within this project. Yes. Yeah, it's really exciting. Yeah. Can you uh, tell us a little bit more then about the board game and the mapping activity that the students complete at the end of the unit um, and really just how they how they demonstrate their learning through these activities? Sure. The thing about the board game with the older students is that they were only able to build that and make that after they all broke off into groups and thought about what they wanted to do and then came back as a collective and came up with that. And it was based on all their experiences of going to Africville and having the field trip and the scavenger hunt and reading the book and listening to Linda and Bernice. So they based everything on what they had received as primary source information. They did not make up anything. That aspect of historical accuracy made me so happy because I realized that in that moment, they knew you can't change history. You have to have to represent it accurately. So that is how they made all the questions for the board game. They were actually taken right from the book and they picked those questions because they wanted their peers to learn about that aspect of the history of Africa. So that was the board game. We also involved a um, IT company to make the 3D characters for the board game with a 3D printer. So that was super fun and incorporated that aspect of technology into it. Um, and just the actual mapping, the game board itself is historically accurate with how Africville was back in the 1950s. So that was a very long process and very rigorous, and everyone was involved in that. With the younger children, we had played the older's board game, and so they understood how it went, but they couldn't engage completely because it was the literacy level was too high. So after playing the class-wide mapping game, I realized that it was not really useful for teachers because it was too big and cumbersome. Why not make something that's more individualized, child-friendly, child-sized? So that's sort of how we came up with the idea for the mapping game for the little ones. And so they each made their own map of Africville, and it was 
extremely challenging because they had to explain to me at the time why the railroads went the way they went, where they went, where the road crossed across the railroad, because that was an issue with safety and security because there was loss of life because of the railroads in Africa. They had to explain the church, where the church was, what happened at the church, the significance of the church with community events. They had to explain where the dump was, the significance of the dump of the infectious diseases hospital. They had to explain the significance of every aspect of the map of of Africa. Once they could do that, I would let them off to start sketching it. And some kids took up to seven sketches before they had a copy that was historically accurate that they could then paint and turn into uh, the mapping board game. So it was very rigorous. Yeah, it sounds like it. That also sounds like such a great way to to, to t- cater it down, like you said, to to younger students. And uh, you can just see how a project like this is really adaptable to all age groups um, and to different situations. Yeah. Thank you so much for for passing on all that wisdom and your project. It's great to to hear from you exactly what you did. Thank you. It's been a pleasure and an honor, and it's exciting to see what's going to come next with the students I teach next year. <laughs> 